episode six on the last one with March. Man, I know it's been a couple weeks since episode five. Man, just man, been a couple hectic weeks for me back to back, but I'm glad to be back. Shout out to the bros, Julian Jones and Raphael Barr for coming on to the show. If you have not heard it, a couple weeks ago we talked about the MJ versus LeBron debate. So if you have not heard that yet, please take a listen. And if you have not heard the first four episodes before that, check it out in your spare time. I promise you, you're going to love the show. The Last World March is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. If you can, when you go onto the sites of your choice, please give a five-star rating and leave a comment as well. If you are listening on the Anchor app, would really, really, really appreciate if you become a monthly sponsor as well. And of course, I appreciate y'all's support. And right before the show gets started, we have a brief message from our outstanding sponsor, Anchor. Introducing our guest today for the show. This man was all Big Ten honorable mention by the coaches in the media at the University of Illinois. Played in all 12 games, including 11 starts at wide receiver. Led the team with 65 receptions and 882 yards. Eighth on uh, University of Illinois' single-season receptions list with 65 catches. Three receiving touchdown tied for the team lead. 53-yard TD catch at Iowa. 100-yard receiving games versus West Illinois, Middle Tennessee, and Iowa. And then his career-high receptions was versus Middle Tennessee with 10 top 50 in FBS and top 10, top five in Big Ten in receiving yards per game and receptions per game. And was a, and was on the 2015 Belindikov midseason watch list. Was an undrafted free agent with the Packers where he was a key piece in the receiving core along with Devontae Adams, Alan Lazar, Jimmy Graham, and of course Aaron Rodgers. And now this offseason made the big transition from being a Packer to a Detroit Lion where they signed him this offseason, GMO. What's good, bro? How you doing? What's up, Marchie? What's up, man? Hey, I want to say thank you for having me, my boy. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you for coming on the show. For sure. No problem, dog. How everything been going? Been going good. You know, just been down here in Dallas. This corona thing's kind of been crazy. I know for you and for everybody, it's been kind of crazy. But so just been really staying in the house, um, uh, getting be- – just started back getting back working out and stuff like that. So yeah. been working out heavy and trying to eat right. I know you already been doing that. So Dang that's heavy, what I've been on. Yeah. Been in quarantine and um in Green Bay right now. But uh it's saying here stuff been on lockdown here too. So it's been a little slow place. Um right. But everything been good, man. It's been positive. Family healthy, I'm healthy, right. you know, safe and sound. So yeah. that's a blessing. And um everything been going smooth though, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm glad, man. Um, well, we're gonna start off with let's talk about your obviously this coronavirus and this it, this pandemic has just been crazy for everybody. What has your off season training been like, and how have you dealt with this like coronavirus? Honestly, bro, it's been it's been different. I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna start off saying that it's been different. But uh, what I could say is. I would have preferred to be in somewhere warm, you know, training on my usually transition between uh, Florida and Georgia during the off season. But uh, 
for safety reasons. Um, I also had a newborn this offseason, so um, I found myself staying back in Green Bay, and um, we just bunkered down here, birthed our newborn. And um, congrats, by the way, too. I appreciate that. We had a baby girl, so uh, we've been able to stay here and um, just stay safe, you know, take care at home and um, just not doing a lot of traveling with her and just for our safety. But as uh, far as training, uh, I've been blessed to just have a nice setup um, at home. So I have an in-home gym on my garage. I got a three-car garage, so uh, I cut off the third part for the single car and just turned that into like a complete cave to uh, work out. So um, my workouts haven't really been limited so much uh, just because um, – Detroit's been able to send out um, just a protocol for exercises and workouts to do um, just as far as our own discretion. Also, too, like my memory bank, um, I just know a lot of workouts that I've done over the years. Right. From Illinois, from junior college, um, and from just being in the league. So uh, I take notes on all that stuff. I keep a lot of paperwork, and I've been able to just piece all those things together and just keep my body right. And um. My eating habits has been smooth. My weight's been good, and um, my muscle mass has been good. So uh, my workouts this offseason been going pretty smooth. I feel confident. Um, I would have preferred to be back in the building, in the locker room with the guys, you know, getting acclimated with the new team and the new teammates. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it kind of, you know, for me, it's kind of been bittersweet because by me having a newborn, um, mm-hmm. I get to spend more time with my family. Right. Um, so, you know, we just built that and um, just spending time with, with both, of, both of my girls has been amazing. Um, just watching the little one grow already. She's growing fast. Right. You know, being with, with my wife, too. Like, so that extended time has been a blessing, and I'm thankful for that. And on, the, on another note, I would have preferred to be playing football and interacting with the guys. Right. To the new teammate and just training and building that chemistry on that end. So um, I haven't had the chance to transfer and get to Detroit yet, but uh, things are set in place there. And um, just when the time comes, I'll be able to get there and get going. And I'll be ready. I'll be ready. It's just uh, extended offseason is what it is, you know. And it is. You just got to adapt and make it what it is. Yeah, when when you were saying that, like, you looked up, like, or you still had, like, stuff from Illinois and, like, from your JUCO days, like, I'm still doing, like, workouts from like Illinois or like Iowa State or just I just been I've been doing the exact same thing to finding just stuff to do and stuff that we did kind of freelancing and I've been running miles and stuff like that so I definitely um no agree with what you're saying as far as that and obviously you know definitely got to be at the crib with you know and having a newborn and things like that um which which is you know it's crazy. It's crazy to think about, to be honest, that you that you got one now. Because it's like, day, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like when you came to Illinois, we, we used to talk about stuff like that. So it's just it's just surreal now that you know you have a, you have a child now, which is which is awesome. But um, so many people know, obviously, if they know you, but you're from you're from Tampa, um, and I've been to Tampa one time. Um, it, I mean, and that was pretty much downtown, but obviously you lived, you know, you didn't live downtown. So can you talk about, like, your upbringing, being from Tampa, Florida? Yeah. Um, if I could sum up Tampa in a few words, 
I would say Tampa, I always tell people this, um, Tampa brings in a lot of tourists just like Miami. Um, and we have a connection with Clearwater and St. Pete being so close. So mm-hmm. that almost also feel like a extended Tampa, even though they're their own kind of city and town. Um, but I always classify Tampa as a slower p- pace Miami. Um, right. I'm taking from it uh, and just growing up there, Crazy thing about it, Tampa being a tourist place also and, and like a retirement place for a lot of people, um, a lot of Midwest and up north people. Um, when you grow up there, I didn't get that experience. Um, I was just more so like just around the neighborhood um, and just around the community. And at times we would go downtown, but it would only be for like huge events. Um, right. If it was a concert, if it was um, – maybe a clothing line or something that was going on modeling show or like step shows and stuff they used to do back in the day all the time. But, um, my neighborhood in Tampa was progress village. Uh, it's an urban community. Um, I wouldn't classify it as the projects, but, um, it's more, it's more of like your urban hood. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's literally once you pass my neighborhood, you're, you're in the suburbs. So we kind of on like the outskirt of like the inner city. Right. Say, but uh, it was rough. Um, it was rough, and it, it it was what you make it. You know, at the same time, um, it was a lot of a lot of violence, a lot of drugs, um, a lot of temptation, um, around the neighborhood. But what we had was sports. We had good um coaches that was around the community sports. Um, that were mentors, and you know, you gravitated to what you mentally wanted to gravitate to. Um. Mm-hmm was always around but just you know as a young boy trying to be a young man trying to be a man in the future you know you have to set goals and aspirations for yourself and um growing up playing community sports when you know they see something in you and they tell you you know only one out of this group you know 10 percent gonna make it like sometimes at some point you know you got to believe that you know you that you're that one and um like, believe it or not, I was like that one to make it out of that community. And um, it's a blessing um, to this day to be able to still go back and visit and mm-hmm. still like see the, guy, see the family um, and be able to, you know, interact and just impact the community. Uh, it's, it's, it's huge. And crazy thing about it, like, Parkers Village is so tight-knitted that yeah. um, my mom, my grandparents, um, my aunt, my brother, we all grew up in the same house. So uh, when my grandparents moved to the neighborhood, they never they never moved from the house. So my mom and then was raised in the house. I was raised in the house. And um, so we still own the house. So that's going to be in our generation, our family, to always be able to go back there and kind of see how life continues to progress. But yeah. um, it's a blessing. And, and Tampa, Tampa is uh, it's small. It's big, but it's small, you know. Um, everybody knows everybody, and when you're that somebody that made it, you know, you'll always have that positive impact on the city, for sure. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Um, so, obviously, you're from Tampa, and then, you know, you pl- obviously you play football. Not a lot of people know you play baseball, too. It was yeah. actually really good, uh, from what I hear. But then, you know, you didn't really get that opportunity to just go straight into, you know, a Division One or, you know, any type of level. You actually went JUCO to Iowa Western. Can you talk about your experiences at Iowa Western? 
and yeah. how that was for you? Yeah. Um, my how I ended up at Iowa Western going to the going the JUCO route was um it was interesting, bro. Um, when I think back on it, it was more it was more like faith. It was God, kind of in a sense too. Uh, mm-hmm. say like because I only played one year of high school, and that's what kind of transitioned me to go junior college because right. I just didn't have the academics and the grades to go on D1 out of high school. And I just didn't have the film and the stats either. Like mm-hmm. to go, the exposure just wasn't there. So the Division One scouts, they didn't know about me. Um, the only right. team, the only schools that really knew about me was South Florida, USF. And um, every year we had seven on seven tournaments that uh, was played on their campus. So that's how they kind of heard about me and got, and got my buzz. But literally, one summer, the opposing team coach came to me, and um, and he he asked me after the game. I had a big game. Um, I was I was balling, had a few touchdowns, a few crazy catches, and um, we won. He came to me after the game and asked if I had any scholarship offers, and um, I told him just flat out like, nah, I don't. And he asked me why. I was like, honestly, like I'm just getting on the field, like I'm just getting eligible to play. And um, he was like, well, uh. We'll see how it goes. Um, if you're interested, I graduated from a junior college, which was Iowa Western. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you're interested, I'll put in the word and um, get you connected with him. So uh, he did. I told him I was interested. I wanted to play ball. And um, he told me that first thing I did was I went home and looked on the map to see where Iowa was. <laughs> <laughs> I put my Florida, bro, and I put my finger on Iowa. I was like, dang, like. Hey, far. I like that. I don't even know where that is, where that's yeah. like located, but now I understand it's the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Like, so um, when I seen that, I was like, shoot, that's a long way from home. But, um, like, I get connected with them. And, like, I, got, I reached out to the coach. They reached back out. So we stayed in contact. And um, I end up going, I end up committing and going there because, uh, granted, that was still my only offer. Uh, I did graduate from high school. But my GPA was still like low. It still wasn't credible to go Division One right away. So the mm-hmm. JUCO route was the only route for me to continue playing football. And um, I got there, and I had baseball aspirations too, like you just mentioned. Um, right. My goal was to try and do both as long as I can. Mm-hmm. If I could, if I could have went pro playing both, I would have loved to do that. Yeah. Um, so my aspirations was to play baseball and football in college. I tried it. I first got <laughs> I first got an Iowa Western. Um, and you know how like the seasons overlap. So when one is in season, the others are a little bit off, but they're training. Right. So it's both still training. And I tried to do both. I tried to do a 4 a.m. training session and then turn around and do an 8 a.m. training session and then turn around and go to class. I did that for like three days or a week. It was enough. Yeah. I said, I got <laughs> I got decision. Which which route is gonna be? And honestly, bro, I told myself which is gonna be the fastest route to 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 be a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, baseball have farm leads, um, have A, B, C, D leads. So um, you can kind of get down there and never really get your chance to get to the MLB show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like 
you have pros that's up there playing for years and you're just going to be kind of waiting your turn before you can even get bumped up to get there. Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know, I just put it in perspective. Like if I take care of business here at, at junior college and I take care of business transferring out of here, like within the, the next four years, I could be a professional, like simple as that. And um, I took that into perspective and that's, that was my mindset and that was my goal to make that happen. And, yeah. um, so I, I transitioned and I said, you know, I'm going to go full tilt into football. And I attacked it. Literally my freshman year, we won the uh, junior college national championship. My um, my sophomore year, we turned around and it was one game away. Um, the junior college conferences and, um, like, scoring is so tight that if you lose one game, that could bump you, like, from one and two to five and six. Like, yeah. just that easily. So um, we, that sophomore year, we lost that one game, and we ended up finishing the year, like, in the top five, but uh, we wasn't in the top two, so we didn't get a chance to play in a national championship again. And, um, my experience at junior college was – it was a blessing, though. Uh, it got me where I am today, and uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, so, <clears throat> you know, I was – I did a podcast with Jahad earlier. Um, he talked about his Juco days and how I was just – crazy out there yeah. i want to oh, i forgot i think it's bot not bot tech it's, it's some juco in new york and how his was crazy and was he barely was getting had food to eat and stuff like that like they had to pinch money in just to, to eat yeah. stuff like that did you have any have any of those type of you know yeah things? man um juco was tough um not speaking not speaking like, you know what I'm saying, negative on the institution or anything, but literally uh, when I went to Iowa, we drove from Florida, um, 22-hour road trip. Um, mama dropped me off on campus, gave me a big hug, and um, she asked me, like, baby, you sure you want to stay? I'm like, shoot, mom, we done drove 22 hours. Like, <laughs> yeah, I got to jump back another 22 hours back in the car with y'all and do it all over again. But I'm like, no, nah, it's worth it. Like, I could do it. You know, I'm willing to stay. I'm going to grind it out. And, you know, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. And um, we checked those dorms out. It was an all-boys dorm. We checked the dorms out. I kid you not. The dorms was probably the size of or a little bigger because it was kind of two people a little bigger than a jail cell. Like, you had a bunk bed that you could take apart and make two separate beds, and you had two dressers and two study desks. And that was it. And, like, for the like the first, first semester, like, we were sleeping in the bunk beds, like me and my roommate. And we like, bro, we can't, we too old to be like sleeping in the bunk beds. Like we got to figure something out. It was too much, too much like a cell. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so we got to figure something out. So we took the beds apart and split them up. And we took the huge dressers and put them in the middle of the room and split the room in half to make it feel like it was two rooms. Like, so we had a little privacy. Mm -hmm. That was like clutch. And um, as far as like the income, our best friend was um, being on partial scholarship, um, was having meal plans at, at, the, at Iowa Western. Um, that was clutch, being able to eat at the cafeteria. And on um, days that the cafeteria wasn't open or didn't have anything that was edible that we wanted to eat, 
um, if we had a little bit of money left over from maybe like a loan that we took out or something like that, our best friend was the two for 20 or the half off appetizer. Like, so we, we all used to scrape up change and, um, you know, pile in the cars and dry the Applebee's and we'll put our money together and load up the table with appetizers and eat off that. And, um, we did that for two years and, um, and, but granted, you know, we did the noodles thing, cup noodles, you know, Roman noodles, uh, a lot of a lot of microwave food. Like, you know, that's how we were surviving. And um, you know, every little change, like it was either going to food or going to gas, like to, to just be able to move around and um get off campus a little bit. But it was a struggle, it was tight knitted, for sure. So then you go from Iowa Western and then you get recruited by University of Illinois and you and you become a fighting Illini. So yeah. that had to be like a when huge was, change from, you know, barely having, you know, right. money to scrap up meals. And then now, you know, you get scholarship checks and, you know, you're playing on a big stage in the, in the Big Ten Conference. So, um, you know, how was your time at Illinois? Um, that transition was like, huge for me it was it was a weight lifted off of my shoulders and like you know another step in the right direction as far as me like accomplishing my goals and I, I remember to this day um when I was a freshman and the sophomores that was on the team on that national championship team was bringing in all the all the coaches all the scouts um, you know, getting their looks and getting their their ticket out of there. You know, because yeah. JUCO is another. It was like a farm system too. You could get in JUCO system and get stuck in there and never get out. Right. One, if you don't do right academically, or two, you just don't get the exposure that you know you you need to to make it out. And um, that was on my mindset too. So uh, making it out and getting the exposure was like two big things that you know I wanted to accomplish. So when I saw those scouts coming in, um, Alex Golish was uh was my recruiter and my uh scout that came and um the year my freshman year um was one of my good friends on um, you know Tez Martez yep, well, Tez. you know he was uh, he was on that national championship team and he had drew a lot of a lot of scouts in and um Illinois was big on his list so coach Golish grabbed Tez and he came to practice one day he was watching Tez scouting Tez and he's scouting the whole practice, and I'm making plays. I'm having a good day because all eyes is on the practice. Right. I go over like Tez and Tez's best friend, and you know, my guy too, um, Dion Long. He was he was watching. They was over there talking to him. I had just made a play, so I kind of like you know I spazzed out, got excited. I went straight over there to him, and I was mm-hmm. talking like, "Y'all see that? Like, coach, yeah. you getting Tez? Like, you need to come back and get me." Yeah. He just looked at me like, who is this kid? Like, <laughs> shaking his head like, who is this kid? And they like, they backed me up right away. Like, yeah, like, that's a little bro. Like, you want Tez, come back and get him. And he's like, okay, like, all right. They vouching for you. Like, all right, I'm going to see. How's your grades? I'm like, my grades good. Like, I'm ready. If I could go now, I'll leave. Granted, yeah. I had to graduate from there and keep it moving. Um, you right. couldn't leave like right off your freshman year, and uh-huh. my grades was set up. I, I wasn't able to do that um, anyways. So Coach Goldish kept his word, and he came back and he was like my second offer. Uh, I believe Louisiana Tech offered me first, and once that got out, 
Illinois came and then they all started to flood in. Once he gave me the offer, he reached out, you know, he let me know, you know, the offer's in, um, you know, he ain't got to do anything right now, but uh, just letting you know that's on the table. I said, okay. I talked to my, my moms. I let her know, you know, and I checked the, you know, the website um, and I committed like right away. Like yeah. no ifs, ands, or buts, like I committed. <laughs> He was like, you know, you kind of committed early. Like, you you sure? You know, you got – I don't want you, you know, pulling the plug last minute and if all these other schools start to roll in. And I told him, like, you know, like, Coach, I came to you and told you to come get me. You came back and you attempting to get me. Like, I'm going to show you my loyalty and, you know, I'm coming. Like, I'm coming to Illinois. And um, it made it an easy decision because I also had a good friend in Tez that was already right. there ahead of me. Yeah. Like, so, you know, my mindset was thinking ahead already. I was already like, shoot, Ted's there. You know what I'm saying? They got a system. If I could just get there and he could teach me the system before I even get there with these other, you know, cats, like, I could be a step ahead. You know, just coming in, transitioning smooth. And that was my mindset going in. Ted's do your thing and just teach me the ropes quick when I get there. And um, that's what he was able to do. Um, but when I got there, too, you know, I ran into a situation. I had broke my arm transferring um, out of JUCO. So I was kind of limited when I got to Illinois. But that also gave me the ability to, you know, just show my talent because I was in kind of like a non-contact jersey. So it was right. more so like, you know, I ain't got to worry about guys trying to run through me or tackle me just to show their strength. It was more so like respect that jersey. Like, you know, this is our new recruit. Like value him, don't touch him. Like so, for me, I felt like shit. I got a cape on my on my on my on my shoulder. You know, don't touch me. Like right. let me just ball. So I was in practice, you know, just floating around, making plays, and um, it was fun because you know I was able to just learn the system, get in, you know, before like the contact periods, learn, and then I was able to get out and then just scout and watch the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how my mindset was getting to Illinois. You know, it was just about taking that next step and um, just putting the gas pedal on and just continue to push and have the success. Yeah, man. All right. Hey, when you got there and you, I know you remember, uh, we used to have them practices. It was at Malik's old high school. Yeah. We was going uh, to Chicago. Man. Uh, we went, it was, um, we was went to Chicago. We went, we used to go have them Chicago, like the Chicago. We went to, we was, we was at Malik's old high school. I forgot the name of it. And we used to have those practices, and you know they used to allow like the people to come yeah. out and watch. And I remember that. I think it, yeah. That, it, you remember that practice where you had like two, maybe three touchdowns. You had like a crazy, yeah, like a crazy go route catch, and that yeah. was like kind of like that a crowd party to the team. That's kind of like one of the first, first, either the first week of practice or like the second week of practice where we had that. And yeah. I was like, yo, this dude is. Insane. He like skinny though, but like you know what I'm saying. Like he was quick. I like was all of one seventy. I was. I was, I was. I was mad because I'm like, dang, this dude one seventy six four, and he quick. Like he quick with it. He just he can do stuff. I'm like, dang. I'm like, ooh, he's deadly. And then slowly, and then that summer, uh, we all kind of like started coming along, kind of, kind of really behind you, because you was kind of like carrying us as a group. Um, and then, you know, the ball started rolling that summer. 
and then we started we started playing for real and then we had a really solid group so it was yeah but i just remember that i remember that practice like specific really that whole spring but that that specific practice i was like oh yeah yeah, yeah, that was that like kind of. I, I remember it too, cause that was that was kind of the turning point. Um, yeah, it was kind of some huge catches, and you know that was like when they did those live scrimmages, kind of like with us and having the fans out there. That was almost like a like an early spring game. Yeah, so, like that's kind of the atmosphere that it gave us. And for me, coming from JUCO, I ain't never experienced anything like that. So I did was in that game mode setting. So I did kind of treat it as such. And granted, too, I was trying to establish myself too, you know, earn y'all respect because y'all was there, you know, um, and just kind of put my foot, you know, down to know, like, you know, I, I'm coming to help. I'm coming to contribute. Like, but to do that, you got to do what? Make plays. Mm-hmm. Like, so that was like a good set for me to kind of turn that switch on and make plays, you know, and just show y'all, like, you know, that I'm coming to help. I could, I could play too. Yeah, that, that was crazy. Uh, and then, obviously, you ended up having a, you know, a great career at Illinois, you know, doing uh, – what game was that? Was that the Iowa game? Iowa game, you had a crazy game. Yeah. Uh, golly. It was it – was a, it's a couple – oh, Middle Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, and we all know the, the – probably the, the most famous Illinois game probably before, you know, this past year where they upset in Wisconsin, that Nebraska game at home. Yeah. <laughs> Them throwing the ball to you, like, yeah, four or five times in a row. That was, like – That was crazy. That was, like, you the most – Yeah, you, yeah I had, I had scored. I mean, you yeah. scored. It was just – I'm crazy, crazy about that Nebraska game, bro. Like, I remember we called that timeout before that last drive, the drive down. And um, we called, we called like – we called, like, a quarters beater. We called a quarter mm-hmm. beater. And uh, it was a basic, and it was a post from the outside. And they moved me in the slot to run the basic, to draw the coverage, and they had Malik outside one-on-one. Right. With most. And I remember, bro, I told – at the end of between that timeout, I told Malik, Malik, you go make this play, and I'm going to finish it. I like, swear, bro. <laughs> bro, we in this game. Please, just go make this play, and I'm going to finish it. Malik looked me in my eyes. He said, okay, bro, like, I got you. Kid you not, he ran that ball down. He made that catch. He jumped up, so excited. Like, I did it. Like, go yeah. finish it. Like, go finish it. I'm like, bet. Like, it turned me on. Like, bet. Literally, bro, when he – We called it five times in a row, bro, the same play. When he caught that, bro, I was like on the sideline, like it was crazy. Cause we was, you know, we was down what 13-0 going into the fourth, and then I scored early in the fourth, and then it yep. was kind of like back and forth. And yep. then remember, Nebraska was supposed to for for some reason they had the ball and they didn't kneel it or something. Mm-hmm. They like ran, they like threw the ball and it was incomplete on yeah. on like third or fourth down. So it, like, hey, that's the what opportunity to go score. And then he caught it. I was like, "Oh, we got it! Oh, we got a chance! Like we we, we gonna win!" And then I kid you not. They kept throwing it to you, bro. It was like pi pi. But I was like, "Dang!" Like, like the first like, touchdowns. Like it's crazy, bro. The first time it's like I scored, but the ref was like, "I stepped out." Yeah. Like, and then, like, and then uh, we ran it back, and then the dude, then I scored, but he kind of pushed me when I was in the air. And then he came back and he PI'd me twice. 
then he came back and West and West Lunt just threw it like a low back shoulder. And I went down there and, and scooped you, it up. Bro, you caught it and it was like dead silence. And then the 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 ref like raised up his his hands for the tutty and then you got up. You need to get that frame, like that picture. I got, you got, I got it. it. I oh, you got, got it framed? I got, you got it. got up, got and you kind of just looked up, and you, like, spread your arms out. I was right there, like, <laughs> like I was just – I want. That was, uh, I that's one of the craziest painted. games I've ever been in. I want to get that painted. But, um, yep, I got I got that picture, bro. That that was an iconic picture, and that was yeah, honestly for sure. That was our first time beating Nebraska in 91 years. In 90 years. Yeah. Like, we usually didn't just play Nebraska like that, but 90 years, bro, like, that's a long time. A long time, and we, bro. And we, should, we squeaked, squeaked out that victory. Yeah. That was – that was. I had a game-winning touchdown. Malik had a, had a game-winning – Yeah, Malik had that, that one play. That was just – I was, like, shocked. Like, they even let that happen. Yeah, that's that's one of those. You know how they have like the the, uh, the Big Ten classic games that be coming on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's got to be a classic game for sure. Got to be in rotation. For us, they, they got to put it in rotation. Yeah, that was that was a game, boy. Yeah, and so <clears throat> you have a you know great career at Illinois, and then obviously you get into you you declare for the draft. Um, you getting through going through the draft process. And if I'm not mistaken, you did not get a combine. Um, I got the combine invite late on the second wave, so I did go to the combine. You, okay, I'm about to say. So you went to the combine. What was your What was your like forty time? You My forty time at the combine was like a four, like a four seven, like a low four yeah. seven. Yeah, because I re- I don't remember the combine, but I remember like you guys coming back for the pro day. And doing and doing a, having a pro day experience, um, that's one of the like the good things like being in college and actually like you so, know we used to almost miss class just to watch the pro day and stuff because we had workouts in the morning and uh, you know we would watch the pro days and things like that before we go to class. Um, so that was a good experience, you know, for a young guy like me to you know just to continue to watch it every year and see how guys react, but. With that being said, you had a great career at Illinois, and then you go through the draft process, and then you ultimately end up undrafted. Mm-hmm. And so, can you talk about like the the that whole experience of not being drafted, and then ultimately getting signed with the the Packers? Yeah, um, you know every every kid just coming out of you know college comes and having a you know good career a decent career a confident and a successful career in college you know you have the expectations of being drafted um mm-hmm. it's, it's seven rounds it's you know x amount of picks like you you have that confidence that you did enough to get drafted to hear your name call and that's a childhood dream too um that you want to hear your name call um for me it didn't matter where i went in the draft I just wanted to have that that stamp, you know what I'm saying? Uh, saying that, you know, I went JUCO, um, I went D1, and I had I was I went to the combine and I went drafted, you know, right. I, I, that stamp of being drafted. Coming from an uneligible kid, only playing one year of high school, like I really wanted that stamp. So um, just going through the draft process, like I was confident that I did enough, you know with my journey to have my name selected to be called. But um, unfortunately, it didn't go out that way. And God just ain't have my journey set out that way. So, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I pulled up my pants, you know, 
and just you know tighten up my tie and um just wore it, just wore it. But uh, going undrafted was probably the best thing that happened to me, bro. Like um because when you when you look at it, um uh, it's not a bad thing. It's right. A, it's, it's a process for you to be able to analyze teams that want to bring you in for you know a rookie mini camp, and um it's almost like a rookie free agency. Um. Mm-hmm. It, Put it that way. You could uh you could literally check the rosters out, check the teams out, check the quarterbacks out, check the organization out, and make a decision for your best interest. You know, right. when you when you get drafted, it's almost like being selected to the army. You ain't got no choice but to go. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's where you're going. You gotta like it, you gotta love it, and you got to deal with it. Um, you can make that choice when you go undrafted. And um, then it's on you, you know, you have nobody else to blame. You know, you, you made the decision for you, for your best interest. So, you know, you got to go on it. But uh, that was, you know, the, the process. And um, coming to the Packers was like a huge success for mine. Um, and playing with Aaron was just like amazing. Uh, you know, he gonna, he's a walking, walking Hall of Fame for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and to get that experience playing with him was was a blessing. Like, uh, and that was one of my my decision making um, check marks. Like, you know, having the opportunity to play with somebody of that caliber was like, yeah, like I'm a young rookie wide receiver. Like, I get to be catching passes from Hall of Famer. Like, yeah, I'm going to go do that for sure. Like, so that was in my um, decision making for sure. Can you talk about your, you know, your whole experiences with the Green Bay Packers and playing alongside, you know? A Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, um, like if I could sum up playing with Aaron in a few words, um, he's one of the goats, just hands down. Um, mm-hmm. he's one of the ones that's gonna be classified as you know greatest of all time. Um, just in the locker room, you know, just amongst some of the teammates, we used to call him, you know, walking, walking yellow jack. But, mm-hmm. you know, he is going to be a Hall of Famer. Whenever he decides, you know, to hang up the cleats, um, he definitely is going to get that, that mention and that, you know, that badge to uh, be classified as such. And um, just, you know, as, as a young player and a player and now going on year five, like it was, it was a blessing to be able to play with him. Um, he makes the guys around him better. Um, he demands excellence and um, perfection, and um, he he challenges you um, mentally, f- physically, um, and uh, he just you know he wants the best out of the people that surround him and the people that's out there playing with him, and um, you know it it was it was fun, and, you know every chance we got to go to battle out there, we knew confidently you know that we was going out there to win, and um and compete you know to the to the last whistle, and um that's just how is as as a competitor and um you know it was it was fun and um to be able to have like some stats under my belt you know playing with him you know touchdowns playing in prestigious games um playing for the Packer organization period is a huge milestone you know in my journey and my career of football like um you know it's one of the oldest organizations in the NFL um the only community on on fan on like organization like so to be amongst you know all these great fans I was out here and I was supportive while I was here throughout my career with Green Bay um it was amazing um like uh you know just the Packers fans travel everywhere 
away games felt like home games, home games felt like Super Bowls. Like mm-hmm. it was just that type of atmosphere. Um, anytime you stepped on the field with them. Um, and I remember too just traveling internationally. Um, and it's yeah. still Packer fans out there. Uh, uh, you know, me and my wife's done been in um numerous places where you know a fan has came up respectively <laughs> and um and recognized me from being a member of the organization mm-hmm. and being seen on TV playing the games. And um, you would think like you know I'm international, like I should just be able to be a tourist and just right. you know interact how normal tourists interact. But um, we still have that celebrity and that you know starstruck presence on us you know um by being a member of the Packers and um traveling internationally and just being a member of the NFL period uh it's an iconic you know brand iconic you know organization to to be a part of and um that's what you strive for um and that that was the dream growing up um you didn't know how much it was going to impact your life and impact others like as a kid and when you were just chasing a dream but Honestly, living in it, um, it's bigger than just, you know, myself. You know, it is. Yeah, man. And I, like I said, um, or I've said it in the previous podcast when I was with, on with Alan, um, and we, and I talked about how the Packers fans are practically everywhere when I was there for the uh, Cowboys game. And then I was out there in Green Bay, actually, when y'all played the Lions on Monday Night Football. Um, and the game at, you know, at the Cowboys game was just, it was crazy. The atmosphere was crazy. I don't know about you, probably, well, y'all were in the NFC championship, but maybe regular season game, that might've been the best atmosphere probably this season. I don't know if you think so, but that atmosphere was crazy. And it was like, I don't know. It was like the lower areas were like Cowboys, mostly Cowboys, but like, from the middle up, it was like Packers fans everywhere. It was split yeah. even from the like the middle sections all the way to the top. Every time the Packers made a play, it was loud. It was crazy. And then the go pack, go, go, yeah. pack, go, because y'all was balling out. It was it was crazy, and I was like, dang, the Packers fans like really travel like yeah, everywhere. It's, it's, a, it's a global brand for sure. For sure, it, it definitely is, and um, they they've built that like just over the over years. Um, like when they started back off in nineteen nineteen, like they've built that brand up to this very moment, like to to be honorable. Um, and the fans, they they make it what it is. You know, they they're 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 the most powerful, you know, fans that's that's in it. And um, you know, they have that honor to to be, you know, respected as such. Uh, but they they've been supportive, like. To, to non-stop, like, they, they, they real deal. So, I said it earlier, you you, you went through the off-season. Um, we even talked about it before um, when you when you were down here in Dallas, um, that basically you was kind of like on a wait and see. You didn't really know if you'd sign with Green Bay again um, mm-hmm. just because you, you, would, you just didn't know how things would go down. And, you signed with Detroit, and that's basically a division rival of the Packers. So, what made you leave Green Bay and sign with Detroit? Um, that decision was it was it was a challenging decision um to make. Um, just you know, granted my success 
with the organization, with Green Bay organization. Um, you know, my respect for the organization, my respect for the fans. And, um, you know, it was it was a challenging decision. I did have, you know, a lot of other teams on the table um, to, to make that to make that offer. But when you hit that free agency mark, you um you want to you want to always you want to always give yourself the best opportunity to be mm -hmm. successful. Um, so, you know, if you really take pride in your craft and you take pride in your career, you will do your homework and do your research and um, make the best decision and the best fit for you. And um, with the teams that I had on the table and the offers that I had coming in, uh, I honestly felt like Detroit was my next destination. Mm -hmm. um, it made the most sense for me and my family. Um, it made the most sense when analyzing um, the roster um, and just, you know, staying in the conference they was one of the teams that was on my radar um, on the table that had the most familiarity with me um, mm -hmm. from playing me over the years. Right. So um, the decision was challenging, but I wouldn't say it was hard because I did my homework, you know, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I prayed about it. I had my strong faith. I prayed about it, you know, and um, I sat on it for for a day or two, a few days as I was analyzing stuff. And um, when I, when I made the decision. I honestly felt relief and I felt confidence in it. And um, I'm looking forward to this season, like, because, like, this team that Detroit, that we just put together, is going to be a team. Yeah. Yeah, it's going it's to be a good team. We're going to be strong. Like, I'm not going to lie to you, too. You know, you know my squad, and my squad comes to Detroit this year. So if they allow fans to come to the game, yeah, uh, that's like one of the games I was actually gonna try and do. You know, before the schedule came out, they said it was gonna be like the big rumor was it was gonna be like you know Detroit always plays that first game on uh, Thanksgiving, the early game, and they said mm -hmm. that the Saints were gonna be playing them for that Thanksgiving game. So I was like, dang, that'd be you know because my mom's from Michigan, so I was like, dang, that's that'd be like a good game to go to. Um, yeah, but I don't think so. I think it's like early in the season, maybe like week three, week four. If yeah, yeah. I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, I I do like the I do like the Detroit situation for you. Uh, I mean, quarterback wise, you know, Matt Stafford com compared to Aaron Rodgers, maybe you know. See, in my opinion, as, as far as talent, as far as talent, they they have the same type of talent. Um, yeah, Matt is a gunslinger. Yeah, yeah, Matt. That's one thing about him. Matt, Matt is a gunslinger. He's going to give you that opportunity to help him out and make a play. Like, mm -hmm. I trust you. You trust me. I'm doing my job and giving you an opportunity. You do your job and you make a play. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, that's one thing about him, Matt. And I, I've been seeing that over the years, just watching right. him play with the guys that he had. You know what I'm saying? Like, and on. Um, you know, like, so I'm, I'm amped up to be able to get there and um, just let him sling it around and get it to me and um but I think you know a lot of people run into that comparison I know I'm gonna get that question a lot like how does Matt compare to Aaron like and I'm gonna tell mm -hmm. you 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 can't compare those guys because they're their own people they're their own person they right. have already established you know their selves in their careers for what they do well what they could grow on um and just who they are as people but one thing I said they both have been successful like, mm -hmm. like you don't yeah. take the records out of it. 
they both have been successful. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'll be chair for Detroit as well this year. Um, yeah, man. So, yeah. So now transitioning to the, the – we're going to go into question phase, and then after the question phase, we're going we're gonna to get up out of here. Um, mm-hmm. Also, um, at the end, we're going to do um, like – you're thinking like your social medias you want people to follow you on and then i don't know you like video games so if you want to give out your gamer tags for the video games uh we'll say that at the end as well so the questions it is eight questions eight questions and then we're gonna get up out of here all right so the first one what has been your favorite individual game so far in the nfl my favorite NFL individual game so yeah, far. Yeah, like, so basically you played a good game. Like, that That was your favorite game. Hands down, I would probably – I have two. Like, I would probably say, though, my favorite game was the Bengals game. Um, I want to say that was 27-16, it might have been. Um. And it's like my sophomore year, uh, second year in the league. And um, I had a lot of catches. Aaron was just slaying it to me. Like, yeah. for whatever reason, he felt on me. He was dialed in on me that game. And he was getting it to me. Um, breaking routes, uh, you know, corner comebacks. Uh, and uh, I was just having a good game. He was slinging the ball to me. I was getting, I was catching, I was making plays. And uh, I, felt, I felt in my groove. I felt comfortable. But we got in another crunch situation, a crunch game, and um, it, it carried over to overtime. And uh, we we attempted to, you know, do a hurry-up offense, um, got the defense on their heels. They were scrambling, trying to figure out what's going on. And um, they ended up jumping off sides, and I took off. Took off, like, quick. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going yeah. Like and he was able to see me. He dotted it to me. On they end up, I ended up scraping into like a cover two hole. He dotted it to me, and I was weaving, cutting back on, like trying to juke juke defenders and just try and get into the. I end remember zone. that, and you. I don't think get into the end zone. Yeah, did but, you get uh, caught? You got caught. Got yeah, caught, like, <laughs> the backside corner. <laughs> Backside corner chased me down the whole time. I never seen him coming. Like I was just working the one dude, mm-hmm. just trying to get him to turn his hips around. And I was working and working. I finally worked him and got him and slipped. And I was I was gonna get ready to walk in the end zone. The back and I took a look to the right, and the back side corner was right there. I tried to yeah. get a stiff arm out at the last minute, but he was already on my legs. Yeah, and I was like, dang! But that was like one of my funnest games, and that was like my most one of my most like impactful games mm-hmm. for my career. It was fun. No doubt. Yeah. Now that now that you said it, I, I do actually remember that game. I don't remember where I was, but I remember like. Either I saw it live or I saw, like, the highlight of it. Uh, yeah, that was an actual good game. So what is Aaron Rodgers like off the field? Off the field? Um, off the field, Aaron is – he's intellectual. Like, he, he's, he's mentally strong and um, he does a lot of research on stuff. Uh, he likes to read, like, research stuff. It ain't nothing that – Probably Aaron can't have a kind of a decent conversation with you about that he's not in tune with. Uh, mm-hmm. He knows a lot of information. Um, 
So uh, just off the field and just, you know, sitting at lunch tables with him, just talking. Um, he's he's a good he's a good teammate. He's a good friend. Um, he's not somebody that you're just going to call every day and reach out to to talk to, you know, to, or call to play video games with. But um, he'll go on the golf course with you. Uh, mm -hmm. he'll, he'll go out there. He'll go out there. He'll golf and he'll have some conversations with you. Um, when we do team bonding, when we did team bonding stuff, you know, he'll he'll interact and joke around with you at times. Um, but uh, just off the field, he's he's a very like laid back, but um, I would say intellectual dude. Um, mentally strong, mentally smart, has intelligent like conversations, and um, just in tune with a lot of stuff that's going on in the world or in, you know, in, in general. Uh, but he's, he's a cool, he's a cool dude. Okay. So obviously um, everybody's seen, you saw the last dance with uh, Michael Jordan. I haven't, I've been seeing You haven't? Oh, okay. It. I haven't, I haven't okay. been to it. So in one of the episodes, Michael Jordan um, plays at Madison Square Garden in New York, and he said that's his favorite role place to the role place to play at. That's his favorite arena to play at outside of you know his his home stadium. Mm -hmm. So, what is what was what was your favorite role place to play at in college? And then what is your favorite role place to play at in the NFL so far? Because I know you haven't traveled everywhere, but so far in the NFL, so yeah. first college. Um, my first my favorite role place to travel in college. Hands down, Nebraska. Yeah, mine too. Nebraska. Um, going inside there is always electrifying. Um, they fans show up like Packer fans. Like, and I kid you not, I believe it was like my sophomore year, I mean my junior year, my junior year when I first had got to Illinois, and um, Nebraska had us on the schedule for their homecoming game. Was it the night game? It was a night game. Do yeah, remember? I remember that. Miradula scored the first touchdown. They I can't. Off so many red balloons, bro, that you, it flooded the sky, and I was like, "Holy!" When Jesus. when they was introducing the players before the game, oh and they God. said, "Amir Abdullah, <laughs> Kenny <laughs> Bell." Oh my god. Then well, I uh, I forgot the quarterback's name. Was, but uh, oh my god well, And there was and they and they had those uh new unit like the red and black uniforms yes. with the red and black helmet yes, and the uh the whole student section where they we was warming up at was was on our kind of like on their side of the sideline but like our end where we was warming up at and it was they, all black and every time when you come out boo <laughs> <laughs> it, but that 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 place there is by far that was my that was one of my favorite like away games to play in college like going there like it was it was it was crazy. Yeah, I was fortunate. Like me personally, I was just fortunate enough to be in the Big Twelve and also in the Big Ten. Nebraska, yeah. hands down, best for real, hands down best uh, stadium I've been to been to. So I agree with you on that one. Yeah, um, college wise. Okay. So, when I think about NFL, um, crazy thing about it for me, mm -hmm. it's it's Detroit. What? Um, okay. It's Detroit, and it's not 
because of the atmosphere. It's because mm-hmm. of the success that I have had in that stadium. Um, okay. when, you take it, when you take it back to my rookie year, um, I had – that was, like, one of my biggest games coming out um, after I kind of had established myself uh, having a touchdown um, in Ford Field. And it's just something about playing with that aura, like, blue around me um, mm-hmm. and playing inside the dome, like, the lights. And even their, like, announcement to, like, their players, and when they come out, like, they mm-hmm. cut the lights, they let the fire come out. You know, they sang the national anthem with dim lights. Like, that used to electrify me and get me, like, amped up. Like, so yeah. now to be a part of it, like, I'm going to be always looking forward to those moments. Yeah. But uh, in the NFL, like, that that was my favorite place to go. Like, it was other places that was challenging to go. But um, it was more so, like, let's get here. Let's take care of business. But when we would go to Detroit, it was like, oh, like, I feel like I'm for the ball. Like, I like playing on that field. In that yeah. stadium. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy too. Because Allen had a crazy game this year versus D- Detroit too. Uh-huh. Kind of yeah. like everybody's coming. Like actually, both games too. Uh, yeah. So it's like everybody's coming out party, I guess, with with Detroit uh, in in the division. He said when I asked Allen, he said uh, the Viking Stadium. And it was because of their atmosphere when they do the little skull, the skull, skull Vikings chant. So, yeah, they atmosphere. They the Vikings have a nice atmosphere mm-hmm. there. It's 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 dope. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So, obviously, you said you know, or actually, I don't know, because obviously, you know, this is off the field. So, not too many people know that you're getting married soon. Um, what have the challenges been so far? Lead up to the wedding um the challenges really have been this pandemic um Mm -hmm. we have we have set some dates um we have set some dates for the future and um the challenging thing has been this pandemic uh because we can't get out and you know just experience things uh interact with people um kind of build those relationships with people for that we want to to help us out and um, so that's been the most like challenging thing. So we kind of, you know, it's at a point where we kind of just pushed it off until we understand what's going to happen in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, so uh, that's been the most challenging thing. But uh, as far as like the engagement, everything has been amazing. Like uh, yeah. by far one of the best and happiest decisions I've made like in my life for sure. Right. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, this pandemic has just changed pretty much everything yeah, um is will i be in a will i be in attendance will i get an invite marcy lee you will be there my all boy. right man. you want you, you want i can tell you that i can tell you that because you're my bro you family like man. everybody else got to wait on their invite but you will be in attendance i appreciate so. that man you it's know. gonna be a, i wouldn't i wouldn't a trip i wouldn't a trip if i didn't get no invite because you know i don't know how obviously we don't know how the weddings yeah, I don't, we don't know if y'all having a small one, big one. So I wouldn't a trip, but I appreciate you know the 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 virtual invitation. To we win. haven't um we haven't set like a amount of people, but we're not going to do the like huge extravagant yeah, wedding. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, we're not going to do like a small, like petite wedding either. Right. Like, we're just immediate family. Like, we kind of going to do like a middle ground. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we want it to be intimate, but we also want it to be like, you know, like party central. We want to have right. like party of the year too, like mm-hmm. afterwards, because it is a celebration yeah. for, you know, for, for everybody, for us, especially, but um, for everybody. So, on top of like this, we was talking about this the other night, crazy thing. On top of this pandemic, like, like everybody gonna be amped to party anyways once all this crazy. Over. Like, what? Like, like we um we gonna time it up to where we do it, you know, at the right time for us, most importantly. But uh the reception is gonna be fun, it's gonna be lit. Yeah, for sure. I I, I can't wait. Nah, I can't wait yeah. for that. Uh hopefully this pandemic. It, it, it looked like everything's starting to open up down here. Hey, you've been opening up bars, just bars supposed to open up Friday and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, Wisconsin, Wisconsin governor, um, he's, re- he's released some restrictions also. Um, and I believe he's just released it, but the different towns and the different counties here have just been kind of cautious about mm-hmm. reopening their stuff. Like almost on like, all right, like you're reopening, but, you know, and we know that it's not really safe and ready for the world to reopen yet. Like, mm-hmm. and my personal opinion, um, they they just need to take their time and come up with a vaccine before they just yeah. allow everybody to come back out and just right. reopen naturally. Like, if you don't, if we don't have a vaccine, we don't have any way to fight this stuff uh, with antibiotics or anything like that. Like, then, like why are y'all feeling safe for us to, you know, come back into the natural world as if nothing ever happened? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. that's just my take on it. Like, so I'm always be cautious uh, for a while now, um, right. just as I go out in public and I haven't left the house in a while. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I've, I've been out, out the house here and there, but not. I've been mainly in the house, really. Uh, just, yeah. Work out in the morning, come back in the house, maybe go to the grocery store and grab some, you know, do small stuff. Bro, we don't even go to the grocery store. We have groceries delivered to the house. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll be, I'll be seeing. Well, a lot of people do that now too. So it's, it's so crazy. Like, and whoever would have thought that the world would have came to something like this? Yeah, and not like, me. Who, whoever would have thought we would be like living through something like this. This is going to be in our children's history books. Like, mm-hmm. you know the, what I'm saying? The, the coronavirus 2020 pandemic. So they're going to have to be pandemic, reading books like, about it and stuff. So it's, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so one of, one of the things I admired about you, and you talked about it, you know, earlier in the show was, you know, you had, like, as far as academically, you started off, you know, you you had maybe you were ineligible a couple of times or, or or whatever and whatever the circumstances were, but then you went to college, you went to JUCO, you buckled down, got the grades, you you went to Illinois, you buckled down, you were serious about everything because you took it serious. Um, but what are some of the things that helped you get to where you are today? I would say. A lot of the things that helped me um first and first and foremost is my faith um praying uh believing and um just trusting that 
everything that I'm encountering is for me and for my journey. Um, and I have to either accept it um, or fight through the adversity of it. But regardless, it's, it's for me. It's for my experience. And I have to learn from it, um, positive or negative. Uh, that has helped me a lot. My support system, um, the, the words of affirmation, the encouragement, um, the belief from others in me um, has also powered, you know, my inner strength uh, to just achieve and, you know, just just fight through that adversity and, um, you know, and enjoy the success, you know, when I'm riding that success wave too. Mm -hmm. uh, those have been some, some of the biggest things. And then mentally, uh, just my mindset, um, like I said too, uh, just being headstrong, um, knowing where I come from, knowing the things that, you know, I could, I could be involved in, I could be going through, um, but not allowing myself to, to fall victim to it um, has also just helped me in overweight, you know, that temptation um, in a sense. So that's kind of been, you know, my biggest things to kind of keep me successful and keep me going. Um, and then just, you know, my work ethic, like the, the further I get in life, the more I tell myself, you know, I work hard for this. Like mm -hmm. none of this was given, like all of this was earned. Like, like starting point from where I came from to where I am now, like, like a lot of people say, you know, old people say like, good thing I don't look like what I've been through. Right. You know, like, like it's, it's been a lot. Like right. it's been a lot. For sure, man. And like I said, I admire you, you know, many things I admire you for. And that's, and that's one of the big things is, you know, you came up, you know, from struggle and then now you and you overcame any struggle that you you've been through in life um and, and now you you're at where you are today so i commend you on that bro for for that um for sure. i appreciate that bro yeah so um uh, you're big on clothes um <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. as is, is pretty much most of a lot of people nowadays, um, but you're we are really big on clothes. So, what would be your dream like sponsorship from a clothing brand? Ooh, I am. I love my clothes. I love my fashion. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just something about it's a, it's just something about getting dressed. You know, as, as a man, you know, women love yeah. to get dressed. You know, they they be in, in feeling themselves, but as a man, you know, when we Put on those suits, so we you know we put on those clothes. We got the fresh cut, you know mm -hmm. that last touch be the be the smell good cologne. Yeah, like, like it just it's just something about it too. Like it, it just it hit me a different way. So like that's that's one of my main things why I love fashion. Like you know when I get dressed, like I'm, I'm lighting up the room. Like mm -hmm. I, I want to be seen. But if I had my one sponsor, fashion sponsor that I would love to be involved with would probably be Gucci. Um mm -hmm. if I could wear Gucci every day, um casual, uh business casual, um, you know, like suit and tie events, like it would probably be it would probably be Gucci. Uh like just as a kid I couldn't afford Gucci <laughs> for one. <laughs> Facts. And then when I did, you know, run into some good finances and I and I got into it, uh it's just the all around for me. It's the all around brand. Um, 
they got t-shirts, they got collar shirts, you know, they got silk shirts, they got dress shirts, like they have everything you need and um for it to be like a a a fancy and a prestige designer brand is not as expensive as some of the others. Like mm-hmm. and that's what I kind of love and like about it. Like it's because it is designer, it is expensive, but it ain't outrageously expensive. All right. Okay. Yeah. I, you know what? I knew you were gonna say Gucci. <laughs> uh, just cause I know you, bro, and I know you like Gucci, so I kind of figured you would say Gucci, but you know, you're not too sure. Um, but last question. All right. So we talked about baseball. Mm-hmm. Played baseball. Um, who is your favorite player in the MLB right now? And who is your favorite team? And I think I know who your favorite team is. Uh, but who's your favorite player in the MLB and who's your favorite team? My favorite team has always been um it's always been in between the Yankees and the Phillies. Um the Phillies back in the day was because of like I was a I was a huge Ryan Ryan Howard fan. Yeah. Ryan um, Howard. I love I love Ryan Howard. I used to play with him all the time on the game. Um uh, I actually actually used to train at one of the facilities that I used in Tampa too. Like so I would see him like every so often too. Um and uh just the Yankees because uh I I, I used to run into Derek Jeter all the time too in Tampa. Uh, he used the same facility. Um, so I was a huge Derek Jeter fan, and um, but right now I really haven't been in tune into like the rosters and the guys uh that's out there right now. Um, so I really don't have a favorite right now. Um, a fan like I was a fan of uh uh, uh I believe his name Michael Trout when he came out like his rookie. Oh, okay, year, yeah, yeah. Like, he came out on fire, like and um. I was I was a fan. I was watching him a lot. And, you know, he plays in outfield and stuff too. Like I played in outfield, but I also pitch. Like so, mm-hmm. I was just I was watching him um a lot. But um, I really don't have a favorite right now. But um, my two teams. I was I was an early fan of the Phillies and um the Yankees for sure. All right, man. Well, Gmo. Oh, before we get on, um, what is so uh you know for the fans what. Where can they follow you at on Twitter and on IG? What's your like social media names? Um, so I don't have a Twitter. Uh, my Twitter okay. is is deactivated right now. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. I use I really only use Twitter just you know to keep keep up with media updates and stuff. Right. But um, I have other ways to do that now. My media team, um, my wife and stuff. Uh, so, uh, you, my really, my only social media is Instagram and, mm-hmm. um, you can follow me at Geronimo, um, with five O's. Geronimo with five O's and then Allison. Five O's. No, or just, just, just Geronimo. Geronimo. All right, cool. With five O's. Geronimo with five O's. I'll make sure to put that on the, uh, on the description page when I post this. Um, and any gamer tags? Um, no gamer tags. Um, I literally... Really, I, I kind of I used to be a big gamer fan, um, but I haven't like just renewed like my subscriptions to like my mm-hmm. Xbox and my PlayStation. Like I really just been playing the computer on free time. Like yeah, I really just get on there for an hour or two and just play the computer. Then I'm back off 
and I'm either doing some interacting with the baby, interacting with the wife, mm -hmm. or yeah. going over some notes or, or working out. Like, so I really right. don't be on the game like I like I really used to. Mm -hmm. All right, G. Well, I appreciate you coming on to the show. For sure, Marty. I appreciate you, man. Um, you know, eventually, you know, after all this stuff goes down, we're gonna have you back on the show again. We're gonna talk some more. Um, you know, congrats again on you know the baby and you know being engaged and things like that. For sure, uh, most definitely. And um, uh, actually, before you know we end this, we're actually gonna have a brief message from our sponsor, Anchor. So stay tuned for that.